Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia Radio podcast. Before we get started, how would you like to have your say in what we do on Vision Australia Radio, plus have the chance to win a $100 gift card? Our annual listener survey is on September 4 until October 2. What do you like about our radio and podcast service? Where are you tuning in from? How many podcasts do you listen to? What's your favourite? These are just some of the questions in our survey. So help us shape the future of Vision Australia Radio and have the chance to win one of five $100 Coles gift cards. Terms and conditions apply. See varadio.org and click on the homepage link to take part. It's on for four weeks only, so don't miss out. It has to close on October 2. varadio.org. Let's chat about a very interesting topic, whether you are being paid the right amount. Let's speak about it with the head of... uh, National Industry and Employment Law at uh, Slater Gordon, Andrew Rich. Andrew, thanks much for your time. My pleasure, Peter. Where do we start with something like this? Uh, I've got a job, I'm getting paid. Uh, if I don't know if I'm getting paid the right amount, uh, h- how do I sort of uh, start to find out? Well, the first place to start is your payslip. And I guess the second thing you need to do is also um, make sure you're clear on what you should be being paid. And that's often where people uh, come a cropper because sometimes employers get that wrong as well. Is that kind of maybe uh, going right back to when you you know get employed to kind of uh, get those details pretty clear? Uh, so yeah, for both parties. Yeah. So the employment um, regime in Australia is um, involves a couple of different levels of regulation. So on one hand, you know people are most familiar with the contract of employment they might get when they start work, and that's where they'll go when they're first looking for what they should be paid, and that's a good place to start. But we also have a system of um, industrial instruments that can also apply. So there are people might be aware of things called awards. Awards are made by the Fair Work Commission and they tend to apply to whole industries at a time. And they apply regardless of what's in your contract. They apply to you if on their terms you do work that is regulated by them. So in particular industries, awards apply regardless of whether your contract says they do or not. Um, and you need to find out, therefore, whether there's a, an award that sits underneath your contract that also sets out what you should be being paid. Now, the best place to start to find that out, if you don't know, is to is to talk to the Fair Work Ombudsman or go to the website for the Fair Work Ombudsman, which has a, a way of you working out if there's an award that applies. Now, it's important to note those words. It's the Fair Work Ombudsman, not the Fair Work Commission. They're different things. So you go to the website for the Fair Work Ombudsman and that can assist you to work out whether there's an award that applies. Sorry, oh, I was just going to say, well, there is one yeah. other thing. I'm sorry, sorry the, the bit of a long answer to a, probably what seemed like an easy question, but there are also potentially enterprise agreements. Now, enterprise agreements apply usually employer by employer rather than on an industry basis like awards. So if, you're, if your employer has an enterprise agreement that applies to it, then that will also apply. So you've got the award underneath, You've got the enterprise agreement on top, and then sitting on the very top is your contract. So you need to, it's a bit like an iceberg. You need to look underneath your contract yeah. and see what else might sit there and, and, and apply to you. And does it matter if you're working under a federal award or indeed if uh, different states have different awards? So in general, the mo- most employees of companies in this country will be covered by the federal employment system. Depending which state you're in, uh, you might find that if you're a if you're an employee in a state government or if you're an employee in a um, in a local government, you might be covered by the state industrial legislation. So you need to have a bit of, bit of a check um, in your local area, depending which state you're in, as to how that works, depending who you're employed by. Uh, again, you can check those things with the Fair Work Ombudsman. You can also, of course, 
talk to someone like myself from a from a from a friendly law firm <laughs> <laughs> sure andrew many of our listeners may have disabilities may have family members who have disabilities um mm. i guess in terms of being able to advocate they might be a little bit uh well either uh, reluctant to do so because they think well look i'm just so desperate to work i've got an opportunity i don't want to blow it um, mm. can that be a bit of an issue do you think i think it is an issue i mean the, the disability royal commission in 2020 heard evidence about widespread wage theft amongst firms that hire workers with disabilities. Mm. Um, and it, the, the evidence to the Royal Commission was that that seemed to be proceeding on the basis that um, employers made some assumptions which were wrong and principally that additional income that might have been coming from the disability support pension, for example, provided people with sufficient support. And so they were kind of under un, underpaying people on that basis. So it's clearly an issue that does disproportionately or is disproportionately affecting um, people with disabilities and their carers. And separately, I think the, the 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 evidence is also that in general, the most vulnerable in our society are, are the ones who wage theft impacts most significantly, and partly because they don't have the knowledge necessarily that more sophisticated users of the legal system have, and also they mm. don't have the financial resources to address the issues when they arise. So it is it is happening and it is a problem, but I, and I do think there is this reticence to um, to take steps to enforce rights. But there are rights which are protected, and and one of those rights which is protected is the right to insist upon your industrial entitlements, so that you are entitled under the Fair Work Act to exercise workplace rights. If if action is taken, any action is taken against you because you do so, then you can in turn prosecute um, or you know sue an employer for for taking action against you because you're insisting upon your 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 industrial and employment rights. So there is some protection for people, but often it's also just about the way you go about it, I guess. I mean, and, and the first step is to ask for a payslip. The second step is to, if there's not enough detail there, to ask for some more information behind that, to arm yourself with information and then, and then um, start with a conversation about checking your entitlements, making sure everything's correct, and then you can advance from there. It is always an issue in employment law, enforcing rights, because you've got an ongoing relationship that you're also managing. Yeah. But I think but, but there is some protection, I can assure people of that. And also, as I say, I've, I've reacted to people over a long period of time, and most employers, if you approach them in the right way, will recognise it's in their, it's to their benefit to, to, to sort things out without this disadvantaging the person who's raising the complaint or the issue. I guess to generalise, do you think employers generally are pretty good about things? I mean, it is an oversight. I mean, I noticed over the last well, number of, well, it must be going years where a number of companies are kind of self-reporting about the fact that they've un underpaid. I think that's right. I think there is a bit of, you know, the, well, why is it happening? That's the question. Um, it's happening, seems to be happening a lot. I think you're right that a lot of underpayment is unintentional. Of course, ignorance is, of the law is no excuse, but <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I think that that's why there is this self-reporting. And also, I think there's this public acknowledgement that wage theft is an, is an issue and that it, it shouldn't be being borne by the most vulnerable. It shouldn't be. It's not appropriate for employers to not know that they're underpaying people. So they're sort of stepping up and doing the right thing in advance of being reported on by, <laughs> by someone else and losing control of the narrative a bit, I think. So I guess you give us a bit of a, a sort of game plan, if you like, as far as if, well, well to first of, to, I guess, to inform yourself, first of all, and then if you suspect that something isn't right, then kind of, um, you know, step two and three from there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, start to, start start a conversation about it, find out whether there is an understanding of what you should be being paid and whether or not this is just an uh, an accident and get a sense of how they're likely to respond to you. And then you can then you know, decide which way to approach it based upon their response. And it might be that you 
get the assistance of the Fair Work Ombudsman, who sometimes can assist people in taking you know small steps, mediation, that kind of thing, to try and talk through the issues in a more of a formal sort of um, environment. Or it might be that you want to come and talk to a to a lawyer who can assist, depending upon you know really what what's what's going on in terms of their response. And it might also be you find it's not just you who's affected; it's a it's a broader it's a broader cross section of of your workforce that's affected. Certainly, a lot of people I speak to get assistance from their union because the union unions okay, are yeah. obviously yeah. able to assist in in resolving these things, particularly when they affect a, a large number of employees, but also on an individual basis, they can advocate for for their members in the workplace. So uh, I would encourage people to to turn to those sorts of resources when they have some issues with their you know, that they identify with their pay. Andrew, some great advice. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us. My pleasure. Thanks, Peter. That was Andrew Rich from Slater and Gordon. Andrew is the head of National Industrial and Employment Law, a topic really worth thinking about. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Visit varadio.org for more. Vision Australia Radio. Blindness. Low vision. Opportunity.